Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, it's real tough and I cradle to the grave And I'ma keep my head up, but I'm unable with the pain yeah, visions of reaching the top Driven by people who've got More than me always thought To dream big and never stop Fighting for the things I love So I stay writing these songs I'm trying to change your life Before mine is gone Isolation's cool Watch this And still I pray For the better days Lord, what else can I say? I literally turn on a beat And then that's what's in my brain Sort of thing Taking it day by day, trying to find my place in this world so fake. I lost my way. It's crazy how, in one of the most remote parts of the country, you can meet some of the most talented and inspiring people you will ever come across. And on this week's episode of Northeast Arnhem Land with Mon, I speak with one such person. I was fortunate enough to sit down with Matt McLean. Now, if that name isn't ringing any bells, he also goes by Aris. He's a young hip-hop artist from the region whose music is gaining attention throughout Australia and overseas. When he's not working on his own stuff, he's been collaborating with a bunch of other local up-and-coming MCs, helping them to achieve their own dreams. He's also a super talented self-taught videographer and genuinely a really, really nice guy. So for anyone who's looking to be inspired today, this episode is definitely worth a listen. Now, just to get things rolling, a little bit of housekeeping. First up, thank you so much for clicking on this podcast. My name's Monica O'Hanlon, and you could say I'm a bit of a sticky beak. I just love hearing people's stories because it's true what they say. Everyone's got one. I work at Gov FM in northeast Arnhem Land in the NT. It's one of the most remote and unspoilt parts of Australia. If you're someone who isn't familiar with it, here's what you need to know. The Yungle people are the traditional owners of this region. Their vibrant culture dates back more than 40,000 years. The hub, where I live, is called Nullumboy, a town created on the Gove Peninsula after the establishment of the bauxite mine. You're probably asking, what's the purpose of this podcast? I've met so many weird and wonderful people, whether they're from here or just passing through. I want to know how their path led them to this tiny little dot on the map. And it would be my absolute pleasure to share it with you. How old are you again? 21. 21. Turn 21 in April. Oh, congratulations. Big one. (laughs) (laughs) Made it. Still alive. (laughs) Were you born here? Yeah. And you lived here? You did all your schooling and everything? Everything, yeah. Born here, raised here. 
probably die here. (laughs) (laughs) Not a bad place to go, really. What was it like growing up? Because a lot of people, um, they ask me, you know, because we live so remotely, what it was like to be a kid and be raised here. What was the experience for you like? Lovely. I loved it. It was awesome. Like, isolation's cool. (laughs) I I think it's good. Like, it, it keeps you real connected to your personal world, like your immediate surroundings and everything like that. And it... Wicked growing up here with culture and that. Like, real connected with your more people and stuff like that. Yeah, I loved it. It was good growing up here. Yeah. What kind of stuff did you do for fun? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say too much, Matt. Yeah. I, know, I was a bit of a rat kid, but besides that, probably the skate park. Through and through for, like, most of my life, like 10 years sort of thing. So, yeah, that and doing... Bad things. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like most people uh, can relate to that, so I wouldn't feel too bad. Yeah, cool. <laughs> when, so when was it that um, you discovered that music was your thing? Pretty late, to be honest. I was probably like 14 when I started writing raps and stuff like that, but I never took it serious at all until I was probably 17 sort of thing. So pretty late. I, did, I never played an instrument until I was, like, 18, only a few years ago sort of thing. So really late. But I always was really connected to music. Like, I would freak out if I didn't have headphones in. Like, I was one of those kids at school, the teachers would be like, take your headphones out. And I'd be like, nah, like, you don't understand. Like, I can't. Like, I will like, have an anxiety attack or something. Like, I can't do it. Like, would you have music playing in your headphones or you just needed that security? Of- no, I had, like, music going. Like, yeah. bumping, like, Tupac or something in my ear to just settle <laughs> me down. Or, like, just sort of to clear... I need music to clear my head or else I start just overthinking and stuff like that. Okay. So I've always... Music has always been my thing, but I guess it's, like, doing it wise, yeah, not till I was about... I would say probably 17 that I thought, yeah, this could be a career option or something like that. Yeah, cool. And who who did you have blasting? You you mentioned Tupac. Who else did you have in your in your head? Yeah, Tupac number one from when I was about seven. Mum got me into him. <laughs> then um Not everyone can say that that their mum got Mum's into a gangster. Tupac. My mum's a G straight up. <laughs> Love my mum. Oh, it's hard to think of. There's so many people. Nas, definitely Nas. He's probably the Best living rapper, still alive. Big Pun, KRS One, a lot of real old school stuff. I like West Coast stuff like Dr. Dre, anything related to that sort of side of things, like the real melodies and stuff like that. Yeah, pretty much anything that's dope. (laughs) A lot of of hip hop. Yeah, cool. And what about like Australian hip hop? Were you ever into that? Not really. I'm not that big of an Australian hip hop head. But funny enough, so random. I think they've got like an Elephant Tracks poster in here. I remember that. I really love horror show. Yeah. Like hardcore, loved horror show. And I remember they came here and it was the randomest thing ever because we all like at the skate park, we weren't big Australian hip hop heads, more into the American sort of stuff. But we loved horror show. 
And then there was like this poster at school and it was like horror show at the town oval. And we we're like, that's not a horror show. And then we got there and it's actual horror show. <laughs> and we were just spinning out like, and then they let us like get up on stage and like bob our hands and stuff. And it was the coolest thing ever. They're probably the only Australian hip hop that I like avidly like. But there's a lot of guys in the scene that I respect, but I can't say I really listen to their music or anything. There's one guy on this um, same label as them, Jimbla, that I met that I really like his stuff. Generally, actually like to listen to it because it's different than most Australian hip hop. It's just music. I find with a lot of Australian hip hop, it's got some like bogan jargon to it and stuff like that, or it's all about the bars and stuff. I don't like that. I like music and his stuff is really just musical. He produces all his stuff. It's really cool. And obviously, like, I, I can't deny, like, I like Hilltop Hoods, like, everyone in Australia does. Yeah. But, yeah, Australian hip-hop's cool. It's just, it doesn't ring that well to my ear. Like, I don't have a very overly Aussie accent or anything like that. Yeah. So, it doesn't resonate that well with me. But it is cool. Yeah. Have you have you ever listened to, like, Skank MC from Alice and, like, Birds from Darwin? I haven't. I've heard birds. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 out of ignorance, really, because I don't look for it, because I'm I know that personally I don't really like that much Australian hip hop. But when it comes to me, I can't deny what's dope. Like you mentioned, birds. I've seen him. He's dope. Like, oh well, yeah. Well, actually, Briggs and stuff like that. Like that whole label that um Bad Apples label. All those guys are dope. Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> and so how do you, so you said before when you were 17, you were like, shit, maybe this is something I could do as a career. How do you take that next step? Because that's a big leap from just like writing stuff in your bedroom and then like actually putting something down. I don't know. I just, I was at a really weird point in my life where nothing was working for me. And I just sort of thought like, I want to do something cool or I don't want to do anything. So I just thought, yeah, do that. Just go record it, whatever, because I didn't really have anything to lose sort of thing. Like I was in a real sort of dark period. And then I was like, yeah, well, then just put it out and do it. Like To be honest, I can't really remember my thought process of the angst of releasing anything or first recording something. Because I, I had mates that knew I rapped and they always sort of big me up and I didn't believe them to be yes men or anything like that. So I didn't really have nerves like, oh, this is going to be really scary if I do this. So I just did it. And then when I did put it out, I actually got like crazy response from people and stuff like that, like online and everything. It's funny. I'm such a rat. I've deleted it all now because I hate looking back on it. But like the first video I put out got like 20,000 views and I was like, well, like I can't even do that now. (laughs) But so. Why did you delete it? It sucked. <laughs> it sucked. Now, nah, to be honest, it's mainly the videos and stuff like that. Like, I'm sort of getting into video work, and these are, like, things filmed on, like, iPhones. <laughs> like, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any equipment or anything. And it just um, – I'm a big believer of things aren't produced right. They're, they're garbage, <laughs> which is, is wrong, but I guess it's sort of the post-production side of me that's starting to overtake that. Mind you, I didn't delete it. I put it on private. So if I ever 
think like, oh, I'll put out that wax stuff again, then I can sort of thing. <laughs> when you uh, make it super big, you can be like, this was, you know, <laughs> knock on wood. What I came <laughs> from. <laughs> <laughs> Trash filming on phones. And, <laughs> so you uh, recorded it on the fo- on your phone the first time. The first ever video I did, um, my friend Manny, he was a legendary drummer that used to live here. He used to have this studio at his place. We called it Studio 48. It was like block four, number eight at the flats. <laughs> and it was actually like a pretty dope setup. But um, like he's a sparky, had a little bit of coin and whatever. So he had like recording gear and stuff like that. So I just wrote this track like in a day, recorded in a day and then filmed a little video on his phone in a day sort of thing. And yeah, then just put it out there. Like Yeah, cool. You still have a massive social media following. Like you've got thousands of people on your page. I was just having a stalk then. Have a stalk. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like how did it did did that happen like straight away or Yeah, I haven't like I've decreased, if anything. It's really weird. Like I'm not bothered by it, but um yeah, that was like all in like six months. Wow. It was like that. It used to be buzzing. And it, it is wrong that I deleted a lot of it, but um, I couldn't stomach the <laughs> look of it. But yeah, no, it was going really like decent for a bit. Like um, I dropped like one that got like 40,000. And Whoa. yeah, that's where all day came from. And it's been sitting on, yeah, I think like 3,000 people on it for like, yeah, three years now. It hasn't changed, <laughs> which is sort of my fault just being like, I've just been trying to figure things out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because like I said, I was putting stuff out and then hating it. So I took a little step aside to figure it out kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, cool. And you're so young. So I think like that seems like a really natural artist progression that you're, you're trying to find your sound. And, you know, I think that's super normal. Yeah. Cool. I uh, hope so. <laughs> 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 I'm not just self-loathing. And <laughs> no, no. I hate all my music, dude. <laughs> Why do you like it? <laughs> I'm lost in this world, trying to find my place. Taking it day by day, traps in a cash chase. Dealing with the pressure, I can feel myself changing. I've been feeling lesser of myself lately. With all these wasted days, it's safe to say that my patience has just faded away. There's only so much you can give, but so much they can take. I'm learning to love in a world clouded by hate. Drowning in pain, surrounded by fake people, get out of my face. These trust issues have me trapped in my waist. What's the purpose of life? Under the surface we hide, all of the hurting inside. Now determined to try, let you know you're not worthless, you'll find. Nobody's perfect, it's alright. For the people that feel worthless, I'll write these verses of mine. Trying to connect with the world and share respect as it twirls. Living in a hell, no different to anyone else. Taking it day by day. Trying to find my place in this world so fake. I lost my way. Have you ever thought about? Because I mean, we were just saying before, this is a super remote place, and you know, I feel like most people say uh, with, with especially with music and stuff like that, you really have to kind of. Well, they say move, move, right? They say move to Sydney or Melbourne or something mm. like that to kind of, I don't know, gig around and try and Blow get up. your name out. Yeah. yeah. I guess with social media, it's a little bit different now. But have you ever considered moving for your career? I've considered it, but I think it's utter garbage when people tell me get out of Gove because this place is like full of opportunities. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, um, but at the same time, I definitely have considered and plan to just go to like Melbourne for a couple of months at a time sort of thing like that. 
I don't think long term it makes sense to move to a big city expecting that it's going to better your career. But I definitely think short bursts would benefit you immensely. Because if you if you move to, like, say, Melbourne, you've got, like, that two-month period if you went and did a heap of gigs and everything, you'd get a bit of buzz going. But then you're going to just become a local there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you're going to lose your presence sort of thing. Whereas if you went and staunched a bunch of different cities for, like, two months at a time, then you could be buzzing there for a bit, buzzing there yeah. for a bit. And then maybe when you're big, you move to Melbourne because then you can get big shows and stuff like that. But um, this place is a lot of my mates. Um, like I got one mate, Jacob O'Neill. He's like getting into acting now, and he's just done this little short film. And he's always telling me like, "Oh, get out, man! Go and get out!" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, nah, bro, you don't understand. Like, this place is amazing. There's actually so many opportunities that come from that isolation because a lot of people come through here. Hmm. And then if there's no one else here doing it, then they see you, and it's like you've got that." light shined on you already because there's no one else doing it yeah which i don't know if that's bad or if it's good but um yeah it works <laughs> so yeah i don't plan to move anywhere expecting it to do things better for me but i yeah i've definitely considered it would yeah. be beneficial i'm sure yeah so matt you you recently released it was innocent kids yeah now I, the film clip is so cool did you film that yourself thank you um, well, how does it work? I don't know. Well, with me, it's really <laughs> funny. Like, um, how I do it is I've got a wicked gimbal on my camera, so anyone can film and it looks cool. So I just hand it to a mate. I expose the camera. I put the person filming there where I want to wrap. Then I expose it and then we swap places. Wait, so what do you mean? What, and what's a gimbal? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> the nerd coming out here. Like, it's like a stabiliser makes it all oh, stable. Cool. So you don't need to have, like, mad skills with camera control and all that. So basically, with my camera, anyone can pick it up and it's going to look sick. Nice. So I don't need to go and get, like, a professional videographer to do it. I can just... Pick the scene where I want myself to be and then I put whoever's filming in that scene and then I get behind the camera and change all the settings to expose it so everything's right and then we swap places and then boom, then do the video (laughs) sort of thing. Does that Uh, like mess with you because you're thinking about probably lyrics and what you want to do in the actual video and then the actual videoing and stuff or are you pretty good at that? Um. Yeah, um, I don't want to be arrogant, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't bother me at all. Sometimes it can get frustrating because I'll be like, I just want it to magically appear or I, I can't be bothered to sit up and go expose the camera. It's petty things like that. It's never gets to me sort of thing. Like, um, I don't have a problem with the lyric memorizing thing. Like I've never recorded saying looking at paper or anything like that. So it's like sort of like a tick in my head where they're all there. So I guess that's kind of a blessing because then I can focus on the camera side of things when I'm shooting videos and stuff like that. So if anything, I like it (laughs) because then you can have full creative control. You know what I mean? Like I would be terrified if somebody 
um, else filmed a video for me, which I will do eventually when I've got money to pay someone with a cinema camera or whatever. But even editing it, someone else editing it, like what have they got my bad side where I've got like a bit of acne or something? Like, <laughs> no way. I, I can't have someone else do it. So I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. How long did that take to film that particular film clip? Oh, like 25 minutes or something. Really? Yeah, they're, they're, they're real simple videos, the hip-hop videos. Yeah, but still, like, there's all those angles. I just assume it takes, like, days. It could. Um, oh, in saying that, though, I went back um, there, like, on my bike and with my mate on his bike to film some tricks and stuff. So I guess it was actually a couple of hours. But the actual rapping bits, they're quick as, like, as long as you know the words and you got your cool rap moves going on <laughs> and stuff like that, it's, yeah, not a long process at all. Yeah, cool. Now, you, you um, explore some pretty heavy topics in that song. And also, I was listening to some of your other stuff, mm. you go pretty deep. What, what kind of inspires you to make music about that kind of thing? Um personal life, immediate surroundings. I feel like there's a lot of gritty stuff that goes on here that everyone shoves under the rug. And for a person that's been through things, I just don't respect that at all. So I think it speaks through the music. It's never by design though. Like no, I've never wrote a song in my life where I'm like, I want this to speak to a particular person or I want this to happen from this it's just i literally turn on a beat and then that's what's in my brain sort of thing so it's sort of just like vomiting you know what <laughs> i mean it's like vomiting thoughts like so yeah i guess that's what inspires like all the deep stuff my own life into a lot of the immediate surroundings so i know a lot of people here a lot of mates a lot of people that aren't my mates that have like been through some serious crazy stuff yeah <laughs> so yeah that's sort of what inspires the deep things and the, if anything, it's it's therapy, you know what I mean? Like, that's the biggest inspiration for it. It's like, because if I don't go and put it on track and then record it, then it's just going to bubble in my brain forever. <laughs> you can't have that. That's how you go, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. So you, you kind of, do you have the idea before or like you said, you just put on a beat and then you start writing? Yeah. So, or how does your creative process work? 100%. Yeah, that, put on a beat and then it comes out. The, like the... Music dictates everything. The whatever that you know, it might be the piano sample on the beat that will unlock like an emotion in me, sort of thing, and then it comes from that. Sometimes with like more lyrical, like rapidy rap, boring stuff, I will come up with like a cool little punchline when I'm like in the shower or something like that, and then I'll write that down, like sort of like um. I think Eminem said he used to do that. He'd like just write down random things. I do that occasionally, but that's probably 1% of the time in my writing process. Yeah, it's just 100%. Wow. Put on the beat and then let it go sort of thing. And do you produce your own music? I don't. I could if I wanted to, but I don't because I would get bored of my music if I did. Because I write it, record it, mix it, master it, and then shoot the video and that's enough. By the time, like, for the initial release of a song, I hate it because I'm over it. <laughs> and then it takes two weeks to when I can look back on it and be like, yeah, it's kind of tight. <laughs> I, if I made the beats too, I would, nah. 
it's too much. I get bored by the time. I'm not that good at producing to begin with, but by the time I make a beat and then write to it, it's like, oh, I'm so over this song. <laughs> 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 I do plan to get into production definitely in probably like the next like five years or something like that. I just need to get a bit tighter on the keys and learn how to play bass. But um, yeah, because I'm not good. So I wouldn't want to add another thing onto my plate, which then it would be cool. It'd be kind of like a J. Cole thing, you know, like you did everything. Mm. But then it's just. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's going to be like oversaturation of work and then that's going to corrupt the art, I feel. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Got the pressure on my back, try to keep my head straight, swear I'll never crack, keep it moving to the next day. I want to motivate and uplift my people, living in a place so beautiful is the scene, for where the palm trees sway, as the wind blows, the police alarms ring, that's just the way it goes. Ridden with domestic violence and child abuse, feeling unprotected in silence, I'm trying to remind the youth to stay strong, stay positive till the day's done, don't follow the path for the people who did you wrong, lead your own way, don't get caught up in that cycle, pick your own fate, worry about your survival cause. What do you love? Yeah, what do you love about living in this region, particularly? It, that's a hard one to pinpoint because there's so many amazing things about this place. There's culture. There's the beautiful surroundings. There's the laid-back people. There's the music culture. But for me, it's probably a weird one. It's the isolation. I love it. I live for it. I, I, I don't like, to, this sounds wrong, I don't like people. I'm not a very social person at all. Like if I'm in a room with more than 10 people, I'll freak out. So the isolation here is fantastic. I can have, I probably have five friends, five good friends that I can go chat with and talk about things and have fun, get on it with. And that's all I need in I, I I pretty much know the majority of the town. Well, I used to anyways until most people left. So it's never like, you know, you go out and then you're a bunch of strangers and stuff like that. Yeah, I like the isolation. So what yeah. happens, Matt, when you, like, get massive and you've got to play to a stadium? <laughs> Is that okay? Is it different? Yeah, that's different. Like, I played to thousands of people before and it's it's totally different. I can't like, I play like, yeah, the biggest I play to is like 2000 people. And I was so scared of that. And then you get up there and it's a totally different thing because you can't actually really see people. (laughs) There's always lights blurring in your eyes and stuff like that. And I don't, I couldn't pinpoint what it is, but like, um, I was, I had this band going with, um, Bob Pierce, Olivia Johansson and, um, Manny Mason and, like, I could get up there and rap with them, but, like, I couldn't be mid-set, you know, like, while they're tuning up and stuff. Like, hey, guys, how are you going? I hope you're having a good night. Like, nah, I would be like, wait, the soccer's. I'd freak out just talking. 
it's something different about music. I think it's because you've got that um, the premise of the beats playing already. There's already something there to build off, like a structure. Yeah, it's like you know, you're not having a conversation with yourself in front of a bunch of people. It doesn't <laughs> feel like that. Yeah, it would feel like that if. I was just talking to thousands of people or whatever. Yeah. I can't speak on what it would be like at a stadium, though. <laughs> like, I, I haven't done that, so it could be totally different. My stepdad, Grant, he's played to stadiums. He's played to, like, 80,000. Whoa. And he, Who's yeah, your stepdad? Grant. The, was he in a band or something? Yeah, he's in the band The Herbs from New Zealand. They were, like, this massive oh. band. He's in the New Zealand Hall of Fame. He used to, like, Whoa. do um, all the music at the Arnhem Club here. Oh, actually, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Okay, I do, I do know him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, that's so cool. What was your gig for two thousand people? That Yarapay one. Oh wow. In two thousand sixteen, it was ridiculous. There was like, I think it got up to like two thousand six hundred people by the end of the night. Whoa. Like, um, yeah, I've got a photo of it on my Facebook that Grant took as he was on the drums. It's just ridiculous. It's like so many people <laughs> there, and that was here. I'd never seen a gig like that here. <laughs> I was just like, what? And then. The other one, I think it was probably like 800 to like a 1,000. I got to jump up at Byron Bay Blues Fest with this band called The Digging Roots, and that was my first time ever like doing a gig. And it was the same thing, you know, like I thought it was going to be terrifying. But the more scary part is the people that like expect it to be scary for you. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're going to be scared, right? It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the scary part. But then you get up there and it's just a totally different thing. It's the music. Yeah, wow. Music's like that. It's got that medicinal thing to it where it's just going to block out everything and everything will be good. For you. <laughs> I feel like not everyone can relate to that. But that's super cool. Well, I mean, that's already some really cool gigs under your belt. What's your proudest moment, you reckon? Oh, I never even thought about that. Um, I, I used to get messages. Me when I get messages from people, they're my proudest things. I got this one, like, real deep one of this dude saying he, like, wanted to kill himself and he was, like, listening to, like, my music and he felt better. I was like, Whoa. not that that was, like, the turnaround for his decision, but just the fact that it was making him feel better was, like, whoa. That's weird. I got like dudes. I got like this really weird Brazilian fan. Not weird, sorry. This awesome <laughs> Brazilian fan base on my Facebook. I don't know where it came from or whatever. But I get like, I, once I got like this message of this dude in Brazil like filming out like the proper like hood man. And he was going like, yeah, you come here. We bump you in our low riders and stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is the strangest thing. I get heaps of messages from Brazilian people. And that's probably like my proudest things because it's more like um, more connected sort of thing. Yeah. Rather than something that I've achieved, that I've done or whatever. It's like it's a back and forth relationship sort of thing. That's yeah. so funny. Brazilians, you've tapped into the market somehow. If you go on my Facebook, I think ah, 60% of them are Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because Ara sounds um, like Portuguese or something like that. Yeah, maybe. So, where did Aris come from? Um, I was at a good friend of mine's birthday at the Hogshed, and my brain was doing funny things, as they do. <laughs> and I was like half passed out on a chair, and everyone else's brains were doing funny things, as they do. And then I saw this 
aerosol can of like mortine bug spray or some shit like that like on like it was i swear to god it was like on the drumming chair like on some real majestic place and it had the lights like shining on it like i swear man it was set up or something like it knew what it was doing and i was just like tripping out looking at it I was like, oh that looks pretty cool and then it did the spray thing automatic sprayer and i was like whoa man that thing's like spraying purity over the corruption of this party and i was like oh that's a dope idea like maybe i could be like that with like the whack hip-hop scene of this generation like i could spray like bug spray over all these whack mcs i was like yeah aerosol it's a cool name it's too long i was like yeah aris that'd be a cool name and i started writing it on graffiti and then a couple of my mates started calling me it and then i was like yeah that can be the rapper name yeah. that's so much better than like people that just I don't know, use initials or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, my mate, I've got it on um, uh, my year 12 jersey. My mates used to call me MC Lean because my last name's McLean, <laughs> MC Dot Lean. <laughs> so bad. That's oh, good really. too. I mean, you do have a good name for it. <laughs> <laughs> Works out. You've done some pretty cool stuff with um, a lot of local artists too. Balabaru. Balabaru. Yeah. Such a good film clip. Um, also, Stargirl Shine, right? You did like the... Yeah, yeah. So do you... Are you making videos or are you... Like, do you also work on the lyrics as well? Yeah, whole thing. That's yeah, they're like... Sort of like... Um, that Stargirl's one, I worked with Eleanor a lot on that one. But um, for the other ones, yeah, it's me and as Arian Pearson, mostly. He'll produce a beat. While they're in there, I'll just teach them, you know, like the basic fundamentals of rap, how to write lyrics, how to flow and all that, like real basic stuff. And then we'll record the song, then I'll mix and master it, and then we film a video. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so it's just sort of like the whole package. And then, yeah, we try to release it all real legit for them, get it up on iTunes and that, just to sort of give, like, dudes from the community and, and chicks from the community like um seeing that they can do it and how easy they can do it yeah like because i feel like there's particularly out of um the other communities like you color and good you know like there's just ridiculous amounts of talent but it's like no one really gives them the push to be like go just do it you can do it yeah and then when you do give them the push, it's ridiculous. You get that. Like, those guys have never rapped in their life. It's insane. And you look at that. I look at that as a cutthroat MC, and I'm like, that's a dope. Like, they must have been doing this for ages. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, and then the Stargirls one, um, I worked with that with Eleanor from Queen Mode, and she helped with the lyrics a lot as well. It was just a lot easier because they're, like, young girls and stuff like that. I don't really have that repertoire of talking to, like... <laughs> little young girls or anything <laughs> like that i'm cool with like the dudes like yeah what's up g like yeah we, we rap like this and i'm like like and now you rap like this and i just couldn't communicate with him sort of thing Cute. But yeah it was it's cool. such a good song and such a cool film clip too like i like i've seen a lot of your stuff but it's like you have a very nice style and speaking of videos, actually, the one you did for Gove Peninsula Pizza, what is it, Gove Pizza? I call myself Gove Cafe now. Gove Cafe. 
that film clip, it just makes it look so beautiful. Like the flower, like I, <laughs> thank you. We were watching it. We're like, this is really fucking good. <laughs> cool, thank you. Is that how? Like, how did you get into the video production side of things? Oh, I don't even know. I, I got into filming stuff on phones at the skate park uh, on for, for trying to get that Instagram fame. My, my, I used to have Matt McLean BMX. It's still running. I, I was getting Instagram <laughs> popping on that, doing sick tricks. And then and so I started like actually editing them on a phone. Wow. Like you would get this, I can't remember what it was called, but this like real weird editing software on your phone and I'd edit on that. And then eventually... Um, I s- oh, sorry. Yeah, so I would edit things on my phone. Then when I got into rapping, same deal, did the first video on a phone. And then I was like, oh, I need to get a camera and do this legit. So then I started borrowing cameras off people because <laughs> like, I didn't have any money or anything. I didn't own, I've never owned any equipment until like the last couple of years. So I would literally borrow cameras off people, <laughs> chuck it in auto, had no idea what I was doing hand it to people, film it, and then edit it. And then um, it's to really get into it came from the, I was motivated by how I was saying before I'd put stuff up and then I'd delete it. Mm. I was like, it's just not cutting the cheese. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not, (laughs) it's not good enough. And, but I didn't have enough money to go and pay someone to do it or whatever. So it came out of necessity, financial necessity, which is kind of wrong. But then I went and I started DJing and I was finally making a little bit of money, put it all into like a home studio in camera gear. I got a pretty dope camera. Then I learned how to actually use the camera, like expose it and all of that. And then at the start of this year, I was just at a camera shop and I knew this camera that I wanted the Sony a7 III, I really wanted it because I knew it was just a beast. So I just forked out all my money and brought it and then actually tried to get into video stuff at the start of the year. And to be honest, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know. Like, I know what I'm doing with the camera now yeah. to expose it and stuff like that. But my whole mentality with it is not like... um oh, I'm going to get this at this um, golden ratio on the camera and whatever. I'll pick something up and I'll be like, yeah, that looks sick, bro. <laughs> and then just hope it works. Wow, so you've uh, had no formal training. With nothing in my life. Like, obviously I went to school. Yeah. But I, I finished year 12, didn't even get an ATAR, but I've got no qualifications for anything. <laughs> That's insane. So you just teach yourself, you just play around with it. Well, the, we're in a generation where knowledge is infinite. You can... So it does two things. It either removes patience because we feel entitled to knowledge that we can search it up or it can com- and get a Google answer to anything in 10 seconds or you can be completely empowered by it and understand that you can use that to your benefit. Go online, search up, boom, how to expose a camera. You've got that down. You don't need to go do a course for that. <laughs> how to edit something, boom, you've got that. How to mix and master something. You can, it's all on YouTube. So you, you know? you've learnt off YouTube. Yeah, predominantly. Oh, completely, actually. That's insane. Everything off YouTube. Because, you know, it's a different... It's so crazy. It's a different era of learning. You you know, say you're having a conversation with a teacher and they teach you something, but it's in a literal conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's rolling. like, And you do this and that, that might fly over your head, fly over your head. But then on YouTube, 
you can skip it back yeah. and then replay it and replay it and replay it and then learn that thing. That's so true. That's so crazy. I thought you must have done a TAFE course or something. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So what's the dream then? Like, where do you want to go with all of this stuff? I want to do music. I don't even care about videography or mixing and mastering and stuff like that. Like I said, it's wrong. It's out of financial necessity. I have to do it because I, well, I could afford to get other people to do it now, but like I couldn't. Do you? Is I'm that how you pay role. the bills with the video stuff? Yeah, as of this year. Wow. Yeah, just because I. That's the same thing. It's financial necessity. Like um, I don't know if people know much about music unless you're gigging hardcore if you're actually massive you're not getting money off of it mm. so i figured out oh if i it came from the workshops that where it became a career Riddy jingle offered me to do a workshop and i was really skeptical about it sort of it was a thing like oh who am i to tell people how to rap or whatever or do a video or whatever and then i did it and then they offered me more and the way they were talking and Molka were talking that it could be a um, consistent thing and happen a lot. So I was just like, I'm going to fork out all my money and hope it works out <laughs> and just brought crazy gear. Like I've got, it's madness, like the stuff in my room and um, it's all locked up and insured for the hood rats out there. Yeah, don't get any idea. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and things could happen to you. But um, yeah, as of the last probably four months now, I've just, been on a roll with it like it's every week that something just randomly comes up and I don't even get in contact with anyone or anything it just <laughs> comes it's like the universe is working for me and I'm like cool I'll take it <laughs> as long as it works but the end goal is definitely music 100% I've just been lazy with it because I've been trying to figure out all this stuff but now I know what I'm doing sort of thing like I recently released that innocent kids video and now I'm just gonna run it like I feel like I've done this in the past where I'll put out a video and then I'll be like, oh, from now on I'm going hard. But now it's like, nah, I'm actually just going to go ridiculously hard and, yeah, find a way to make that work. With me in life, it's just finding a way to make things work and just doing <laughs> things that semi-work in between. And at the moment, it's video work is semi-working. Maybe it will be sound engineering next year until eventually I can, yeah, just be just a rapper. <laughs> like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I guess for any artists out there who are who live remote and are kind of in a similar situation to you, what what kind of advice would you give someone? Work hard. <laughs> there's no if buts or maybe. I'm not. There's no. You can't give anybody artistic advice. I feel as if art is fully expression based. So there's nothing artistic I can tell anyone. All I can tell people is work and work and work while other people are out getting on it while your mates are smoking bongs doing this and that go and work bro like just don't be lazy and perseverance is the great perseverance and patience is the best morals you can have in your life because you will get kicked to the ground trying to be an artist especially from here because you're going to drop things like online and forget that you live remote where if you're getting a thousand views, you're reaching pretty much the whole town, but you might look at that and go think about other people that are getting thousands of views and then get like thousands upon thousands and then get sad, but don't do that. Just keep going and going. And then one day something will happen. 
And I mean, I'm still in that myself, you know what I mean? Like I can't give anyone advice on what to do or anything. I'm not some huge artist or anything. All that I can tell you from where I've gotten with things is it's a hundred percent just from hard work, just day in, day out. Like, and I, some good advice that goes with that I could give is work harder than anyone, but learn how to balance it with your personal life. Cause you will see people start to hate you with good reason. If you know what I mean? Like your loved ones or whatever want to spend time with you and you're flat out like, no, I'm just working. That's cool. Your grind's dope, but trust me, it will tear your life apart. <laughs> so keep level headed with those sorts of things. Yeah. Love your family. Love your friends. <laughs> Peace and positivity, homies. <laughs> I think that's some really, really good advice there, Matt. Are you working on an album or anything? Have you got a bunch of songs lined up that you've already written? Yeah, I've got re- heaps of songs just sitting there, like fully done. So that's you now I've just got to run it. Yeah, for a, as for an album, I did an LP at the end of last year, and now this is the time where I start to consider what I'm going to do for it. And I definitely like, there'll always be a project from me once a year sort of thing. So probably December, there will definitely be something, but I don't even know what it is yet because I haven't started it. But usually how I work is I put out a project at the end of the year. Then I wait up until, yeah, about mid year where I've lived that year. And then I've got a bunch of things brewing in my brain that I can talk about. Because, yeah, like, I can't design anything. I can't, I'm not one of those guys. I can't be like, I'm going to make this conceptual album on this. Like, no, nah, it's not going to work for me. I just need to go and live my life a little bit. And then, yeah, there'll be an album for sure. Probably an LP at the end of this year. And then next year, there's definitely going to be a full bona fide album. That's something that I've been thinking about for a couple of years now. And then as for just music, there's just going to be heaps of stuff every month just singles yeah just as much stuff as i can yeah, cool. yeah sweet where do you see yourself in five to ten years i'm gonna blow up man <laughs> i'm gonna do it i'm not like on some manifestation law of attraction stuff i'm just sick of like mediocrity like i want to just do it do it sort of thing yeah just Take over this, take over the Aussie hip hop scene, really, on my arrogant hip hop stuff. I'm gonna <laughs> kill all these rappers, man. <laughs> nah, I definitely want to be doing music full time in five years. I want to own a house in five years. I want to dream big, like, because yeah. that's just ridiculous in this era to be young and own a house. So I'm like, yeah, I want to tick that one off. That's probably my big goal: get a house, live off music, and touch as many people as I can. Cause it's not all financial goals. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's more, it's a lot more soulful on being an idiot really. About that, sort of, that sort of stuff. But yeah, basically I want to be as big as I can to reach as many people as I can in hopes that what I have to say is something that they can connect to and yeah, catch a vibe. Hey Matt, thank you so much for coming in. Like even just talking to you, I feel like, you know when you meet someone and you just seem legit and you seem really passionate and you're fucking talented and I cannot wait to see what you do and I really mean that. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a fan of this podcast just for all the listeners. 
I paid him to say that. No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you, you just heard episode 21 of the podcast. I can't believe it, 21 episodes. I'm loving the feedback, so thank you to everyone who has taken the time to message me, leave a review, or has rated the series. I truly, truly appreciate it. Now, I want to do a special shout-out to Cupcake Aussie, who said, I grew up in Nullumboy, and this podcast is a connection to what it's like there now. Interesting and very real people are interviewed. What a nice review and exactly what I was going for. So thank you, Cupcake Aussie. As usual, a massive shout-out goes to Gove FM. Without this incredible station, this podcast would not be possible. And, of course, I want to thank you guys for hanging out and listening. My name's Monica O'Hanlon. That was Northeast Arnhem Land with Mon. I'll see you next week. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.